What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 36 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday on your favorite podcast service, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read uh, to be read in the show, please send an email to readypressplay at gmail.com or just hit us up on Twitter at readypressplay. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Louis Menchaca, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima. Hello, hello. It's time, Louis. We finally know the next gen is real and not just something that was made up as a conspiracy to get us excited about things that were never going to come out. It's going to come out. Yeah, I was de- I was definitely uh, of the of the mind that it was going to get delayed to 2021, and I think um, those are some of my predictions that got ousted just now. But yeah, it's I, it's true. I can't <laughs> wait until I can't wait until we go back to uh, probably at the end of the year and look back at our early year predictions and see how many things we got right and how many things we got wrong. You actually ended up getting a lot of things right, but but apparently the consoles did, are, did not get delayed, and they're going to be here very soon, in just uh, about seven weeks, I believe. Yeah, so, one of my yeah. one of my YouTubers that I that I watch and stuff, he was making a case for that that Microsoft should have uh, delayed it to 2021 because of Halo missing mm. launch. So, but yeah, it is what it is. So here we go, housekeeping. All right, we got a lot. Let's uh, <laughs> so I'm just gonna go start off here. A way out spoiler cast. If you watched it on Twitch, it was we recorded it live on twitch.tv slash Ready Press Play. So be sure to follow us there so you can get every notification whenever we go live. We are at this point, with the exception of last or that one Tuesday, I think it was last Tuesday, we've been hitting every Tuesday, and that's because we went on vacation and we told you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the spoiler cast has been recorded. We're gonna be releasing the MP3 on this feed here either Monday or Tuesday. It's gonna be coming out. Out between episodes uh, just as we normally do with the spoiler casts so um it was actually it, it, <laughs> recording a spoiler cast live wasn't uh, didn't quite go as planned but it was it was still it wasn't quite a shit show it was still some quality in there but so for the mp3 listeners uh you guys get a more polished product so yeah the the, the final product is honestly top notch it's really good i think it, it i was able to clean up all of the crazy things that happened while we were recording but the those that were watching live you got the less polished although more uh grassroots experience of uh, recording a ready press play where things were getting disconnected i got disconnected like twice throughout the the podcast and I, I was on my phone at some point with my mic not working it was it was a crazy stream yeah um that's what happens when we go live and then we're relying on the power of the internet, you know. So, um, we've also been going through some stuff or some connection issues when we tape and stuff. So we just actually were able to clean it up and make it sound like nothing's wrong. But, you know, those are just a peek behind a peek behind the curtain kind of thing. Uh, so and, and then another housekeeping, we're uh, going forward. Our plan is to pre um, that to release our pre-recorded episode. So we talked about how we had like uh, our uh, our top uh, games of the 2000s before in the past and that we're we've already have it taped and edited and ready to go and ready to release but uh, right now i i'm of the assumption and i think most of us are like that next week may actually be a slow news week because of you know the banger that was this week so if it is a slow news week next week we're just going to put out the, the pre-recorded episode and you can listen to it next friday uh but if it's if it's not then we'll just come back and tape until um like not like nothing ever happened because the, the plan is that that episode is delayed until further notice and it's just going to happen when it happens so yeah yeah. 
All right. And the other thing is uh, we had some breaking news today about Nintendo that they are discontinuing the 3DS uh, family of systems. So uh, we're not going to give our thoughts this week and we'll, we'll be giving our thoughts in the next traditional episode because we want to we want to, you know, spend some time on that topic. So yeah, we want to we want to do it justice. You know, I, I don't know about you, Louis, but uh, the 3DS was a very special console to me. I spent a, a lot of time with that thing and it's kind of fallen by the by the wayside ever since i got a switch but but still there i had a good i got it on uh launch year probably not like release date but i got it on launch year and then for for a good six to seven years i i i rocked that little guy and i'll I'll be excited to uh talk more about it whenever we uh we actually reach the topic yeah i got it on launch day as well and the only thing i got for it was street fighter 4 uh which is uh, <laughs> a spoiler for our our topic about the top games of the 2000s <laughs> um, that's that's uh that's true yes and the uh we have a quick correction dan i'll let you take this one yes uh i wanted to add this in here because you know last week i feel like we're a little bit tired when we're recording and i was especially tired and i had not actually taken the time to watch the ubisoft forward before or recording even though we were covering it we 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 did this for a few of the events because there's just been way too many of them and Louis and I both have a full-time job so we don't really always have time to catch up on all these things especially when they happen in the day that we're recording the podcast so sometimes we ended up we end up just reading a Kotaku article or something just kind of going through the main announcements seeing some of the trailers and leaving it there and the main reveal from that uh, or re-reveal we should call it from that Ubisoft forward was the game Immortals Phoenix Rising previously called Gods and Monsters, and I was going, I saw it on the Kotaku article, and I watched the video that they had embedded in the page, and it was just a cinematic trailer, and so I kind of didn't really do the game justice when I was uh, reading the the news and just said, oh yeah, this is just, there's a cinematic trailer to this new Ubisoft game, and then we moved on, but I have since actually gone back and watched the, the whole event and seen some of the other videos and footage, and there's actually a lot of footage of that game out there, there's a lot of gameplay that people are posting all over the place. And the gameplay actually looks really dope. So I actually think from the from the new games that we saw uh, during this kind of summer on gaming period that we had not seen before, I actually thought this was one of the more exciting ones. So I wanted to make sure to come in and kind of give my thoughts and, and say that there's more out there for that game and, and say that people should probably go and check it out because it actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, I still need to actually watch the footage. Like I said, my uh, I said on the live stream where like I had a bunch of like YouTubers that just talked about their preview footage and stuff. So I uh, I really need to get on it. And apparently, uh, Dan has told me privately that that, or maybe it may have been on stream. I don't remember, but it was he told me that it's a Lewis game and it's right up my alley. So yeah, hundred um, percent. I still, still want to give. I still have to give my thoughts on this somehow. Maybe in the yeah. next episode. Yeah, it looks a lot like uh, Breath of the Wild, and it has this kind of. Uh, Greek mythology theme to it on top of it and the the best way I can describe it is when we talked about Breath of the Wild in the past we talked about how sort of revolutionary that game was and letting you climb everything and go anywhere in the map whenever you wanted as long as you were able to get there and and this game basically mimic mimic that and started with that premise but then built another story and skin another license on top of it but for people that are fans of Breath of the Wild like I know you are a huge fan of Breath of the Wild Lewis um, I think I think this game is probably high up your alley, and you should check it out. But we'll, we'll talk more about it maybe in the future when we see when we see some more stuff, or when you catch up with the trailers and etc. All right, cool. All right, let's get into the games. Dan, I teased this last week. I talked about uh-huh. how I am a, I'm now a big shot at levelonegaming.com. 
and I, <laughs> you know, joined the review team, and I was, I was, in, I was trusted with the review code a week before a game dropped, and so yeah, I just wanted to give uh, my my final like, I just want to talk about it, kind of like. I'm not, it's not really much of a spoiler cast. There's really nothing much to spoil since there's not much of a story. So I just want to like be an open book about uh, about my review of uh, BPM bullets per minute, and I want to just sort of like quickly just dis- discuss, you know, back and forth. Like, what did you think of my review, my my written review, my video review, um, and just like the thoughts. Well, what did you think of the gameplay? You know, that kind of I stuff. I thought I thought it was really good, and you know, I the guys at IGN Parshnider. It better be uh, picking up your phone right now, and then you know who to call for your uh, for your game reviews moving forward. Um, no, for reals, I thought it was really good. I thought your video review, especially, I don't know if that was all you, like the the editing and and uh, getting the footage and everything. Was that all you? Yes, I recorded all of my footage as I was playing it, and I was going through and uh, editing the footage to talk up, to bring up what I was talking about. So, like, yeah, like one of the things I said in my my written review was I had ran into a glitch. So, in a video review, it's really easy just to pull up that glitch and show you what I what mm-hmm. I ran into. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that was really good, and I, I it actually kind of gave me, I, I told you this off record, I think, but it kind of gave me old school IGN vibes because it was like, it was a very similar type of uh, format, and I thought your voiceover on it was really good. Um, and then at the same time, kind of the, the graphics were kind of, the, the graphics package was a little bit more simple than what they tend to do nowadays. So it kind of, it almost kind of took me back a little bit to watching uh, IGN video re- reviews from a few years ago. But no, I thought it was pretty good. And I thought the game looked interesting and fun. Funny enough, there was another game that we talked about in this podcast um, during Summer of Gaming that called my attention that was called Metal Hellsinger, which was a Doom-like shooter uh, to the where you had to shoot to the beat of uh, these heavy metal songs, and this game is kind of similar. It almost makes me wonder, like, which one came first, and 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 whether this is like a new genre that we're gonna start seeing of uh, kind of rhythm based uh, shooters. And, shooters, yeah. I've never yeah. heard of a rhythm FPS, that's for sure. So, like the 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 hook, you know, that got my attention, and I was. Uh, I've never played anything like that before, and I'm not really a, a big on FPSs, anyways. You know, I I, I know my way around a, a dual stick sh- uh, setup, and you know, despite me playing on uh, on PC, I was using my Xbox One controller because I don't mm-hmm. keyboard and mouse game, despite having like one of the best p- gaming PC builds out there. But you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Hashtag flex. Uh, but no, um, yeah, like I've had I've had a I've I've sent the review to like one of my friends, and he was like, I can tell you were playing on a on a controller. And I'm like, fuck you. And then, and then he told me that uh, my voice was a little monotone. And I'm like, yeah, I, that's pretty fair. It's my first time ever doing voiceover. And I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, how to, you know, really give a good cadence at the same time while, like, not sounding too stilted. I don't know. It just kind of – it was uh, it was really kind of funny uh, doing the, the VO because I have my script in front of me. And I'm just reading in front of – you know, reading, like, um, the, the Word document that's in front of my screen just trying to sort of, like – not uh, mess up and slur and stuff and stutter and stuff like that. And I had to do a lot of like uh, go back and do t- takes and uh, retakes and mm-hmm. retakes and stuff. So it was a it was a process. I mean, like I'm a one man team, you know, and it just kind of <laughs> it's really it really kind of um, gives me more appreciation to what the work that people they do at IGN kind of stuff. So yeah, I um, thought the end result was good, and I especially like the of you going through the process of doing all of that. So that one day you can do it for us at the Ready Press Play YouTube channel, maybe. <laughs> that was definitely something that I that I thought of when I was watching that. I was like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could have some of that stuff on the Ready Press Play YouTube channel as well? But I don't plan on stealing you from Level 1 Gaming yet. But um, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe one day. 
so that's just the process but i just wanted to give a, a shout out to the game you know like the actual game itself i just want to quickly talk about it so yeah you're basically playing like doom but it's like first person it's uh it's got this like m- this the middle of the screen has like this this metronome and you just have to have to make sure that you can time your shots to it so you can only shoot whenever the the, the boxes line up and um it's uh it's kind of i've seen i've actually seen a bad review for it. like I, all the reviews dropped it at the same time because I, I was under embargo so i couldn't see what other people's thoughts were until after my review already came out mm-hmm. uh but what's really interesting is i actually saw a negative review where like screen rant uh gave a like a really like like bad review on that game and i'm like well, i don't i read it all the way through and i'm like well i don't disagree with any of these points um you know i can see why somebody think that it's a bad game because you know you're you can't shoot when you want to or it's very um like it's it's like very hard and very difficult even on easy mode it's like and you can't really beat the game uh, unless you like put so much time into it. And even then, like you, they talk about how you have to be, you know, relying on RNG for a good loadout. And I'm like, yeah, those are our valid points and all. But for me, like I came at it from a different perspective. The reason why I gave it an eight out of ten is because, um, like the fighting game player in me really wants to get good. Like I, I, I have felt where at times where I had some really good solid runs where I was just in the zone. I was just kind of like that tunnel vision that you mm-hmm. get whenever I'm playing that fighting game. And I just kind of like in, <laughs> in a flow state. And I said that in my review, it's like, that's what it, the game is about. And I feel like if you can really like hone in on that and that's what makes the game really good, it's a good loop and it's, and it's nice. And so um, I didn't really have a problem with the difficulty. I just, I thought of it more of it as like it's a it's a me thing and I can get over it. <clears throat> kind of like uh, most people don't like give Cuphead a negative review, but it's hard as hell. Uh, most yeah. people don't give Dark Souls a negative review, but it's hard as hell. It's like it's on the player, and I think that for the most part, I think it's fair. Like I think that um, uh, the the biggest thing that I didn't I didn't even mention this in my review, but I, I feel like I should have mentioned it as like the the biggest trick is to constantly move. Don't stand still, mm-hmm. so you're not getting hit by these projectiles, and so. Um, I, I really did, you know, give props to this game and it, it did something new. And I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that, um, you know, Screen Rant says that the execution faltered, but I don't think for me, for me, it didn't. So Th- that's yeah. why reviews are always subjective and can never be subject, uh, objective because while there might be objective points to make about a game, like, oh, this, this game, uh, is ob- objectively not up to par graphically with others of its same, um, like genre or something in the market, right? Like you can make objective comparisons, you can make objective observations about a game. The thing that's always subjective is how much those factors and those observations matter to you. So a lot of times you see reviews where they're describing the same things and they saw and experienced the same things in the game and then somebody gave it a 6 out of 10 while somebody else gave it a 9 out of 10. And a lot of times what that means is that to that person that wrote the 6 out of 10 review, those problems or those factors they were really not about and they really disliked and it really affected their enjoyment of the game while versus the person who gave it a nine out of 10, maybe they saw the same things, but it just didn't affect their enjoyment of the game at all. So that is always like the, the kind of balance between the different reviews that you see a lot of times. And that's why at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are against uh, or that are not super fans of uh, giving scores to, to games. But I, I personally think a lot of times it's like an easy way to, uh, to kind of sum up your opinions and help organize things in your head. Like, I, we will even do it in the podcast sometimes, like, oh, yeah, this game was a 7 or it was an 8 to me, right? It's, it's kind of an easy way to get people to understand what you mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah big ups to it. Um, thank you, Level 1 Gaming. <laughs> thank you, uh, <laughs> All Interactive. So, yeah, 
That's it. All right, cool. I uh, haven't really had a lot of time to play much of anything. Uh, I've been pretty busy recently. I played a little bit more of Marvel's Avengers, uh, just playing the campaign still, but I barely made any progress. I probably just uh, just played like one or two missions or something and then called it a day there. But I, I'm checking out this uh, this game that I never played before called Slay the Spire. And this is a game available on a lot of different platforms. I think it's available on mobile, PC, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and etc. And it's effectively a card game or a deck building game, kind of akin to Hearthstone or things along those lines. I don't often play those games, but I have, I did used to play Magic the Gathering quite a bit for for a short time frame while I was in college. I had a friend group who I would play with. Um, The thing that's so interesting about Slay the Spire, though, is that it's not just a card game. It's a card game, roguelike, dungeon crawler (laughs) or something along those lines where basically every time you start a new playthrough of the game you're going to go through this dungeon as you build your deck Um, you have a map that you navigate and the map is composed of rooms that are connected to each other through these you know lines and sometimes there's a fork in the road and you can pick like different paths and things along those lines i believe the i believe the map is procedurally generated though i could be wrong about that um, but then when you go into a room, there's a certain set of enemies that you have to defeat. Usually you use the cards on your deck to play a card game to defeat those enemies. After you defeat those enemies, you usually get a reward, which may be another card or potions or things along those lines. So you're, you're basically navigating through this dungeon and going deeper into this dungeon as you build a deck and then get stronger with your deck and then therefore get strong, get, get, uh, gets through stronger enemies and things along those lines and, I'm mostly playing this game because it was uh, picked for this game game club activity that I do at work uh, with some co-workers of mine. And this is the game that we're going to be discussing tomorrow when this episode posts. Um, and we made it so that we don't have to like really beat it because it's not that kind of game. Uh, it's more of a game of like just seeing how far you go. And then whenever you eventually die, then you start a new run and see how far you go that time and so forth. But it's, it's pretty interesting if people are listening to this or into roguelikes at all. Or are into um, just deck building games and Hearthstone and those kinds of games. I feel like this would be a very interesting one to check out. Because it's kind of like a card game with a twist. And I think maybe that's why it's uh, so beloved. This is a this is a critically acclaimed, uh, very beloved game as well. So Yeah, I saw the screenshots and it definitely... The first thing I saw were the cards. And I'm like, oh, this looks like Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, not a lot to say there. I know it's not a game for everybody, but I've been enjoying it. I started playing it on PC um, through uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC. And and then I was like, you know what? This kind of comes across as the kind of game that I would rather play on my phone. So I ended up getting it on uh, on iOS. And it, it, it makes it a little bit more convenient for me because it's a good, like, pooping game, you know? <laughs> like, we should, we should make that a topic on itself, by the way, Louis. It's like, what are the best pooping games oh that's an easy answer just mobile games like clash or whatever yeah exactly uh, so crowny crush (laughs) it's kind of fitting like i said i haven't had that much time to play games so it's kind of it's kind of fitting in the in that way where it's like oh i got like 10 minutes to queue here and i i can go and play slay the spire on my phone for a little bit and try to make some progress into my current dungeon and things along those lines so uh yeah i uh definitely recommend it it's um having a good time with it nice all right. Well, it's time for us to actually uh, just kind of sort of shuffle things around here. So let's do it. Yeah, it's time for topic of the show. So I didn't want to interrupt the sound effect, but I like the I like the shuffling around. 
right as we were talking about a card game just throwing <laughs> that out there <laughs> yeah so uh we um we're definitely gonna we normally like put topic of the show towards the uh <laughs> uh towards the end but now we're just gonna bring it up forward because we can't we don't want to make the listeners wait here so it's time to yeah. talk about our thoughts about the sony conference that happened and everything that was announced during the event and and everything that happened since you know like the fallout because it wasn't all just revealed in, in one go so Definitely. Um, we're taking a page out of Sony's book and we're not going to have you wait too long. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the opposite of the that. The opposite, yes. All right. So the first thing up, uh, let's just let's just cover the actual event itself here. So we got an article from Kotaku and we're not going to, because there's just so much to cover, we're just going to hit the highlights and you can, of course, check the show notes for the actual articles. And so the first thing that happened during the uh, the 40 minute long event was the announcement of Final Fantasy 16. And um, of course, like I saw, I saw the chocobos, and I'm like, it's Final Fantasy. <laughs> and um, after that, we had our look, like gameplay look, uh, a real good look at Spider-Man Miles Morales. And uh, there was an update saying that the the PS5 game will launch at fifty dollars, and you can get like a special edition uh, for seventy dollars that has like Spider-Man 2018 bundled in there. And then after that, there was the announcement of Hogwarts Legacy, which is the new Harry Potter game that's coming in 2021. Um, it kind of looked MMO-ish. I couldn't really uh, gauge what this what this game was going to be about, but apparently it's coming to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. And then the next we got the announcement or the, the reveal of uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War and its cool little action sequence. And then after that, we got Resident Evil Village, which is coming out in 2021, and then a gameplay of Deathloop, and then and the announcement of the Devil, Devil, May Cry, uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, which is like the PS4 uh, port slash up-res. It's one of uh, Dan's favorite games of the year because he played it back <laughs> in January, I believe. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yes. Uh, then after that, we got our look at Death uh, Demon's Souls Remastered. Uh, I hate that. I hate that S. Why can't it just be Demon Souls? All right. Anyways. <laughs> also, it's not a remaster. It's a full. I'm pretty sure it's a full-on remake, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is a remake. I don't know why the article has remastered in there. Get your wording right, Kotaku. All right. Uh, so then, of course, towards the end of the show, we got the our, our uh, one, two, three punch here. Uh, number one. PlayStation Plus connect, uh, collection is coming to uh, you know answer back at uh, for Xbox Game Pass. So basically, you get like select titles uh, that define the PlayStation 4 generation. So you got God of War 2018, Last of Us Remastered, Detroit Become Human, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, all. Uh, coming out uh, day one with the PlayStation 5. So if you're already a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you're basically getting this catalog of games that you can just download and play uh, on the PS5 day one. So for those that didn't own a PlayStation 4 who are Xbox crowd, and if they're switching over, you pretty much get like a, a crash course on what the PS4 was like. And then after that, we got the prices. Uh, $4.99 for the PlayStation 5, $3.99 for the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. So it's it's um, it's meeting Xbox, and it's also sort of uh, in that middle ground between the 300 and 500. So they're trying to be aggressive and also not lose too much money. And then PlayStation 5 uh, is going to be coming out on uh, November 12th. And then they said on the voiceover that pre-orders were starting today on the day of recording, but unfortunately, they started within minutes. And then lastly, to close the show it out, they actually showed or teased uh, God of War Ragnarok, 
and or whatever it may end up being called but that's what the assumption is is that it's going to be called god of war ragnarok and we got the little blue um omega symbol and so and we got a tiny little voice line from kratos so we know that it's coming out in 2021 is what it says and i'm assuming that it's going to be holiday 2021 so yeah at the very least yeah cool so do you want me to take it away or do you want to do you want to start i need to catch my breath go for it all right so there's there's so much to the list i feel like there's so much that happened in this event and then so much that happened in the aftermath of it with clarifications and new updates and etc and i feel like that is a good like the fact that so much came out after the event that was not in the event is an interesting sign of what's going on with uh, Sony and what has happened with Sony throughout this year as a whole too, which is that, that they're not. And we saw that there was a very good article about this on level1gaming.com actually, which yep. is that they're not being very transparent with their messaging and that they're saying one thing and actually doing something else. And it's fine. What they're doing is like, I don't have any problem with it, but the way that they've messaged it is definitely weird and confusing. And the fact that they've advertised a lot of games as being PS5 exclusives when they're in fact coming to the PS4 as well. Personally, we've discussed this kind of thing in the show. I'm happy that they're coming to the PS4 as well, but I just feel like that they're there. It's undeniable that their messaging of it has been at the very least misleading. And I feel like it's misled a, a lot of people and it's led to a bunch of anger in the in the PlayStation community. And I personally don't find the anger justified, but at the same time, I also feel like Sony shares some of the blame for it because they could have just said what Xbox said like earlier in the year and kind of gotten that taken care of. So I feel like that's kind of a topic on itself, but that's almost like a tangent from the actual presentation. So let me, let me go through and just kind of give some quick thoughts on these games real quick. So I, uh, it's cool that, you know, they, it's, it's very big for them that they got a new Final Fantasy game to be announced in the conference. Uh, we don't know too much about it yet. And I'm also not a big Final Fantasy fan. Uh, so it doesn't do much for me. It was cool to see Miles Morales in action again, but, um, we, didn't see I, I don't I don't think we saw that much of it I also don't really want to see that much more I feel like that game we already know it's coming we just want to we just want it to be out and check it out and play it obviously I love Spider-Man so it's good that we're getting more of it uh, I thought Hogwarts Legacy was actually one of the highlights I thought this game looked really cool uh, the only thing that I I was kind of worried about it is that it seemed very framey in the at least during the live stream um, when I was watching it, it didn't look like it was running at a very smooth frame rate. It, it, and usually, you know, it's it's a cut trailer, so you usually pick the, the sort of the best moments of the of the gameplay to put in the trailer. So I thought it was a little weird to see that in the trailer. Uh, I apologize if that was just you know something up with my internet, but it looked to me like the game wasn't running very well. Uh, nonetheless, I'm very excited for it. I think it looks pretty cool. Um, then we saw. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. We saw this game a few other times already. I didn't really feel like it needed to be here. That being said, I did really enjoy what they showed. I thought it looked really cool. I'm not a Call of Duty fan, but I did play Modern Warfare from last year. And I thought that game was really good. And it was really polished. And and especially from a technical perspective and a graphics perspective, it, it was a really well done game. And I'm getting the same vibe from uh, what we saw um, in this Cold War uh, campaign trailer as well. So, um, or it wasn't even a trailer, it was like a gameplay segment. So I thought that looked really cool. And I actually think that was one of the best looking games of the of the presentation as well. Uh, Resident Evil Village, we had already seen it. A lot of these games we had already seen before. So I almost don't know if they really needed to be here. It was almost like these little reminders like, oh yeah, that's that's also coming out. That's also coming out. Uh, we saw gameplay for Deathloop. I'll be honest, I was excited for this game before, but I feel like... The more I see of it, the less interested I personally am. I, I know that it appeals to a lot of other people, 
Uh, it's just not really doing it for me. I can't quite tell why. I feel like the just the general tone of the game um, is just not really working for me. So um, I'm not that interested in that game anymore. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 didn't really need to be here. I mean, this is just a... This is just another... Like, they're just trying to sell you the game again. Um, like, can't they just like, like, let cool. you have Devil May Cry 5 for free whenever you already put the PS4 disc in or... Or if you have it digitally already. I know, dude. It's like a whole another thing. Demon Souls, the remake for Demon Souls looks freaking fantastic. I think that game, I, I think that is going to be the game. Um, so the, one of the games this holiday season. Let me ask you this. Do you think mm-hmm. that they should have just cut the beginning portion out where he was just being like, it, so I've seen a commentator say that it was boring to watch them just tack one person, like once, once, uh, one shot slices them and then walks around and it's kind of very like, not very much is happening. It's kind of quiet. And then on the trailer, only gets good whenever you get to the boss fight. And then he dies. And then you get the cuts. You get the fast edits. Potentially. It didn't bother me because I, you're talking about Dark Souls, uh, Demon Souls, right? Yes. Okay. It didn't really bother me because I just thought the game looked so stunning that uh, that I, I enjoyed looking at it. So I, I didn't feel that way about it. Now... What I think, and, 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 and granted, there's, you know, the, the, the price and God of War, and I think the price is great. I think it's what we expected. I think it makes sense. I think it's great to have the digital edition at $400. Um, I think now we're going to go into the holiday season with basically three price options of how much people are willing to spend. If you only have $300 to spare, you got the Xbox One S, uh, Xbox Series, Series S. S. Yeah. If you only have, if you have $400, then you can get the digital edition, which will probably get, be, be a better value than the Series S potentially. Uh, and if you have $500, then you could choose between the regular PS5 or the Series X. Now, I do want to highlight what I think it was actually the the biggest story from this uh, conference that I feel like it's being sort of buried, to be honest. I don't think it's getting enough attention. So I want to use our little platform here to highlight it, which is the PlayStation Plus collection. Um, this to me... You know, we praise and, and, and I see a lot of double standard going on in a games industry commentary nowadays for like, you know, there are certain things that Sony can do and, and everybody praises and that if Xbox does it, everybody hates it and thing and, and sometimes the vice versa is also true. Everybody's in love with Game Pass, right? Everybody's always talking about Game Pass. Well, Game Game Pass and, and I, I like Game Pass too. I think it's a great value. I think it's a great service. Game Pass is fifteen dollars a month, which adds up to about like hundred and eighty dollars a year. Right. And you get a selection of a variety of different games that you can play for that subscription in your Xbox family of systems or PC. Right now with this, that means that for a fraction of that cost, which is the price of PlayStation Plus, which is $60 a year uh, or just, you know, a few bucks a month, you're going to get not just a bunch of games, but the top tier PS4 titles um, available to to play in your in your PS5 day one. So. I feel like people sure, sure Roy Shadow is happy about Persona Five. Oh yeah, but there there's some omissions. You know, it's not it's not you know all the best hits of the PS4, of course, but it's 18 games, and it's not just any 18 games. And that that's something that people say about Game Pass is that it's like you got a lot of games, but not that much quality. There's like a few quality titles, and then there's a lot of smaller games, and which that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. It's it's a lot of games, and I'm sure there's a lot of gems out there, but. This is straight up Sony is giving people that have a much cheaper PS Plus subscription um, 18 off the top 25 PS4 games. You know what I mean? Um, I would these say are... everything is bangers. Like I think the only one that maybe not be construed as a or be you know defined as a banger is uh, 
the zombie one. What's that called? Uh, damn, Days Gone, I would say. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, I think that's the weakest link. But beyond that, I mean, you're getting like Mortal Kombat X and you're getting The Last of Us. And pretty much yeah, you can just name drop anything. You know, F- Infamous Second Son was my first platinum. So, yeah, I'm going to pull up the list here. So God of War 2018, which is phenomenal. The Last of Us remastered one of the best games of all time. Uncharted 4, A Thief's Sin, excellent game. Battlefield 1. Very solid. One of the best Battlefield games in recent memory. Monster Hunter World. The fans love it. Like it I have a, I, the franchise. It revitalized the, the franchise. Fallout 4, mixed re- reception, but still, it's it's a big Bethesda game. It has a lot of fans. Final Fantasy 15, great game. The Last Guardian, you know, has... Uh, I'll, I'll just finish the list instead of just... <laughs> <laughs> Ratchet and Clank, Infamous Second Son, Days Gone, Bloodborne, Detroit Become Human, Batman Arkham Knight, Mortal Kombat 10, Persona 5, Until Dawn... And Resident Evil Biohazard, which is Resident Evil 7. This is yeah, a... Days Gone is the weakest link, yes. But everything else is bangers. Mortal Kombat Yeah, it's X. a fantastic list of games. Fantastic. So that's why I wanted to give this a shout out, because I really think this is the... This is one of the biggest uh, stories of this uh, event to me, and I feel like people are not really talking about it. Yeah, I like, never got uh, Days Gone. I never got Fallout 4, and I think there was another one in there that I didn't get. I was like, for the most part, I got them all except for like you know those those select fews, and I, I'm glad I don't have to pay for that. I could just you know get them. Now, the thing that to me wasn't very clear is like, is that just included in your regular PS Plus subscription, or is it going to be a new tier? No. And that's... Th- Okay. I think I think the messaging. I'm pretty sure um, the messaging is like if you already have PS Plus, that's just another benefit. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. And then obviously we got a teaser for God of War Ragnarok. They didn't say that's the name of the game. All they said is Ragnarok is coming. We saw the logo for not even a logo, but just kind of like a the symbol, the rune symbol from God of War. And then it's it seemed to be frozen in ice. And then Ragnarok is coming was the was the image that we saw. Who knows? Maybe they're teasing a return to Ragnarok Online. <laughs> All I know is if Thor and o- if we don't fight if we don't fight Thor and Odin in this game, I would be disappointed. <laughs> so yeah, you better get well, your we'll shit see. together, Santa Monica. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But I, I talked a lot, Louis, so I want to hear some of your thoughts too. So I think after this, um, Xbox has to hold that L. And I, <laughs> I no, disagree uh, vehemently, but oh, go ahead. Nice. I want to I want to hear you. <laughs> Uh, well, like, I mean, first off, I just think that somebody got fired after uh, what happened with Final Fantasy uh, 15. And 16. I think it was, or, yeah, 16, excuse me. Yeah, what, then where they were like, there was the, the, the logo actually said also coming to PC or something like that. But then they were like walking it back and they're like, no, actually, that's not true, which I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a timed exclusive. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, six months later, now it's PC. One year later, now it's Xbox. So it's going to, I think it's a third party timed exclusive, but they just don't want to say that. So. I guess they have it under mm-hmm. contract to not say that. But yeah, no, I think that it's a, a big deal. I know Final Fantasy 15 was a was a huge deal and uh and I'm pretty sure this will be the same. And as far mm-hmm. as uh Spider-Man, I am like I genuinely need to play Spider-Man 2018. Like I really do. And I I'm, I'm debating <laughs> getting the $70 bundle. Uh but at the same time, like if I do, then I'm just going to want to play the 2018 Spider-Man instead of playing Miles Morales. So uh, yeah, that's going to suck with my backlog. And, uh, you know, as far as COD goes, I just want to say that I've, I only play COD for the, the campaign and just seeing that action sequence, you know, remind, reminds me of like, kind of like, a like a Michael Bay movie. So, uh, of course I mm-hmm. think, I think COD is always just a bunch of Michael Bay movies anyways. So, uh, they really need to get him to like write one or something. But, um, you know, that being said, I am, 
I am going to probably get that game when it goes on sale because I only play the, the campaign and I'm very much looking mm-hmm. forward to, to whenever that does happen. Um, as far as everything else though, I am, I'm probably not, not going to pick up Demon's Souls. I just don't, I just don't do that. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for the price. I, um, I'm of course going to be dropping like a thousand dollars for an Xbox series X and a PlayStation five, uh, with the disc. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. not going to be, it's not going to be a thing. Ain't no thing kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, everything else, as far as like, you know, the, of course the God of War teaser, of course, that's no surprise. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just, I think for me, like it just brought the hype and I think that, they did a good job of just sort of like stealing Xbox's thunder because not, you know, Xbox was, you know, forced to go first because of the leak. And then there's like, all right, let's just make it official. And then they, and here they have the opportunity just to be like, not only are we announcing the price, you know, uh, to make sure that we match you, but we're also just throwing out the pre-orders. They were supposed to start today and they were going to be like, we're beating you to the punch for the pre-orders. And so they're really like, just kind of like stealing that, that hype because the Mm -hmm. pre-orders aren't set for, was it September 22nd or something like that? I forgot which day. Yeah, this is coming Tuesday on the 22nd. So they got like really pretty much uh they got that head start and they're only launching 2 days apart from the uh from the uh, uh series X and S. So that that week is my birthday week and I'm glad that I have that vacation taken from work so I don't have to work and so I'm going to be at home chilling playing on my new toys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right, let's let's start. Um to to start, I I do want to say that PlayStation they're the, they're brilliant with the with the hype machine and with their marketing, and I think they're doing they're do such a good job and making people think they're better than Xbox when they're when they aren't. <laughs> and I uh, I mean to me to me this event plus everything that happened after actually cemented the the fact that they're they aren't that they they are these two consoles are coming out. In the same boat, boat in the same situation in this holiday season, and and it's and it's a great situation. It's one that I'm happy about, and I'm ultimately a positive person, and I'm positive about all consoles. I'm excited. I was a PlayStation fan all my all my life. I still am. I, I like their games. I like their franchises. I like the way that they can bring the hype. But I'm also I've also been trying to catch myself and try to prevent myself from getting too into the the bias and the fanboyism and things along those lines and look at things as they are. And Louis, I honestly feel like when you look at things as they are, the reality is that you got two new consoles coming out that are both adopting the new philosophy of consoles are PCs now. These are just upgraded machines that you buy to play the same games that you could already play on the machines you have so that you can play them at better quality. And I see a company that was upfront and transparent and very like forward thinking with it which is in xbox and i see a company that tried to hide and not tell us that that was about and just lie to our faces for for a year in playstation and i'm surprised that uh, more people are not calling them out on that bullshit Uh, (laughs) at the same time like i said like put the games everywhere i don't care about that you know i'm happy for the games to be everywhere um, I'm, I'm happy that, that certain people will still be able to play uh, some of these new games, which we're going to get into. I don't know if you, we, we, we could also just say it right now. A lot of this, these PS5 games are coming to PS4. A lot of these PS5 games are coming to, to PC. And I'm glad people are going to be able to put them everywhere. But that is just so against what Sony was saying that they were about up to this point. We had this argument in the podcast multiple times where, not an argument, but just this conversation in the podcast multiple times where it's like, oh, Xbox is about getting the new machine if you want the upgraded 
graphics and 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 new settings and etc but ultimately they're going to put their games everywhere and sony keeps saying they believe in console generations they want to force you to buy the new box which to me is an anti-consumer move so in my opinion i'm kind of glad that they pulled away from that but then i know that there's a whole contingency of people that really believe in that 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 they were just lied to, you know, that that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, they and, set themselves up for failure because they're using, their own rhetoric is being used against them, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, so I can't help but look at this in like, one, like, fantastic event, super well edited, great trailers, but 90% of what was there we already knew, right? And I mean, even if, when you think about the closer, which was the God of War teaser, we didn't really see anything and we already knew there was a new God of War in development. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like they're, they're using things we already know, but just editing them in a certain way and giving them to us in a certain way to build the hype because they are the masters of that marketing machine. They did it with the PS4 and they're doing it again now. And props well, to them like, for that. For like, these are second looks though. For like, for instance, we didn't know what gameplay looks like for Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I think this is our first gameplay look. Or I, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Of, did, did we see the gameplay of Demon's Souls before this? I'm trying to think. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I, – I'll say that the uh, – yes, there is a, a bit of a, a like a magic show, kind of like a sleight of hand thing happening, especially when the rug was pulled out from underneath us whenever all the, you know, the post-show announcements happen. I'm like – I'll give you I'll give you that, but I'm still mm-hmm. like – you know, my, my heart is still is still like like rushing. You know, it's still beating really mm-hmm. fast for Sony, you know. Um, I kind of I kind of am uh, sort of like still lukewarm on Xbox, you know. Uh, I only mm-hmm. I'm only getting the Series X because I want to make sure that I have all my bases covered. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, but as far as like you know what my console of choice is, where I'm going to be playing my third party games, it's probably going to be on, on PlayStation. I would say uh, unless there is like a uh, like a like a Spider Man type reason, you know, like Avenger Spider Man type reason to go and play it on Xbox for third party. I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. so my friends list is more populated on PlayStation, anyways. And you know what's so funny that I feel that way about Xbox. So I kind of like the idea that next year we're going to be <laughs> we're going to be representing the the two sides because I feel like and th- that might be also like one of the internal motivators for me in regards to this is like there there's a few things that have kind of been changing or are testing my fanboyism over the last uh year or so but one of them is like doing this show and realizing that we don't really have between the two of us, somebody that's really ingrained within Xbox and Xbox culture and Xbox news. And we can cover it and talk about it. And I know that you own an Xbox one and you've played some Xbox games and et cetera. And I am roughly familiar with what's going on in the Xbox world and have played some Xbox games, but um, I really feel like we lack that Xbox um, knowledge and I'm kind of looking forward to trying to become that person for next year. So um, I'm, <laughs> Like for reals, like, and I think that will hopefully add to the quality of our show. Uh, but then on top of that, I just kind of like I, I, I've I've begun to realize this year that I just kind of like Xbox as a company more than I like PlayStation as a company. Meaning, like the way that they communicate, the way that they do, um, the 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 way that they're trying. And see, in my head, I see Xbox right now as a company that's trying to push games forward. And push the industry forward. And I kind of see on PlayStation holding like it back. almost like kind of holding it back and, and trying to keep things like it's almost like PlayStation, they're the conservatives. Like they're so trying to keep quo. things yeah. yeah, maintain the status quo and things like that. And because of that, I'm beginning to align more in values with Xbox. And then there's the other side of it too, which is I'm a developer and I know a lot of developers and within the development community, um, I know that there's a lot more, and maybe this is because I'm in the United States, right? And it's all in the United States, but I feel like there's 
there's a lot of stories and there's a lot of rhetoric that um, Xbox is just a much better company to work with and to develop for than PlayStation is nowadays. Um, so, so I want to I want to dig deeper on that because like there's a whole thing about like Xbox versus PlayStation debate happening and we didn't cover this last week but uh, mm-hmm. there were tweets from developers saying that the there are com- there are differing views like competing standpoints from developers where one developer says that having a Series S is bad because because optimization is like it's going to be all fucked and then there's other mm. developers are saying yes this is awesome this is good we can it's not going to be that hard and so so there's there's back and forth between oh this is going to be an easy process this is going to be a hard process uh, where do you uh, stand on that I can give you my take on this and I, I think I even replied to a tweet or something with this and granted it, keep in mind my take is from somebody that works in the games industry knows people in the games industry. Um, but also, I work mostly in, in mobile games. I did some work for console games in the past. Right now, I'm working on a mobile game. And when you work on mobile, you develop for a 100 different SKUs. You, uh, <laughs> you are already developing a game that will be ran on a variety of different resolutions and a variety of different ways. And ideally, yes, like every developer would love if everybody in the world had the same device. And that was the device that every game was built for, right? Like theoretically that makes sense so that like it's less testing cases it's less things that you need to account for and things along those lines but i also think that because that's simply not the reality has never been the reality and 90 99 percent of companies and developers are already working on making games for multiple SKUs. uh engines are already built to support multiple SKUs and things along those lines so there's already kind of this expectation that if you're a you know, if you know what you're doing, that that, that it's going to be fine because like every mobile developer out there is doing that. Every developer that's putting any game on PC is doing that. Every developer that's putting their games, you know, um, on Xbox and PlayStation at the same time is doing that. So think about all the games that come to all these different consoles. Look at all the games that are being cross-gen right now. So Miles Morales being cross-gen, Horizon being cross-gen. Um, all the, the third party games being crossed in and et cetera. Like there's a reason why all of that happens is because at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. We're already used to dealing with that kind of stuff and it allows for more people to play the game, which ultimately is the ideal goal. So that's why I think that my, my take as a developer is that the issue of, oh, the multiple SKUs is blown out of proportion and that it's usually brought up by people that never worked in development. Now, I understand you can come in and say, well, this developer said that and this developer said that. I'm I'm giving you a take from my perspective from the projects that I've worked on and the people that I've dealt with. There might be somebody out there where like, you know, in their studio, they only worked on this one console always. So they're used to having that one SKU. I'm used to having to think like, oh, shit, this thing is going to be broken on the iPhone 8S or whatever. That, that probably doesn't even exist. <laughs> um, but yeah. Interesting. I, I I mean, like, I always liked, um, I'm, I don't, since of course I'm like, don't know anything about development, but I'm like, you know, I'm more of an like outside looking in like armchair, armchair developer and be like, you know, focus all your resources on one SKU and that's where you can extract the most out of it, you know? And whenever I hear that narrative, I think of like, like PS3 and how like Naughty Dog just, you know, ex- extracted so much bandwidth from mm-hmm. and pushing the hardware to its limits with The Last of Us, you know? Um, hey, Louis, and, and that's true, but that, that doesn't mean that you can't just go, you know what, let's just kind of disable these like two settings for the other SKU and then it's fine. You know, like, and at the end of the day for these consoles, because they are all x86 architecture, they are very similar in a lot of ways that those things are usually okay. Now, granted, 
like I said, it it's different. It, it's it's different for every developer. It's different depending on the game that you're working on. I also don't mean to oversimplify something, but I really think the the issue of having multiple SKUs does get a little blown out of proportion. You can always like develop for you know the the highest uh, end, and then just figure out which things you have to disable to get it to run on the lowest end. And that's how they put games like The Witcher Three on the Switch. You know, did the Switch hold back The Witcher Three? No, they just made a great game for the console they had, and then they just figured out how to make it run on the Switch. They can also do that for, you know, this. Like, they can make an awesome-looking game, extracting everything that there is to extract out of the PS5 and the Series X, and then just turn off shadows and turn off, like, ray tracing reflections and other things, and and export that as a PS4 scoop, right? Right, click, um, save as PS4, got so, it. <laughs> just, no, just, just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a couple of other things that we need to cover here. Uh, we're running long on topic of the show, but let's just go ahead and say right now that there are other announcements that we got to cover. The biggest one I want to hit first is the uh, PlayStation 5's accessories. Now, oh, oh, uh, I'm going to first cover the $100 Pulse 3D wireless headset because like, the PS4 generation had a $100 wireless headset, as like the the gold. I forgot what they're called, but yeah. So that's nothing new. Uh, $60 for the HD camera. That's probably, that's on par with the same price with the uh, with the uh, the PlayStation camera for the PS4. $30 for the media remote. Okay, not, not, probably not going to get that. The charging station is $30. <clears throat> and also, finally, the, uh, the biggest one, the price of the controllers are just creeping up because it's $70. So, um, what do you think of these accessory accessory prices, and will you pay, be picking up any of these? You know the the PS five. It's I still find it crazy that the PS five controller is uh, still not as expensive as a set of Joy Cons, by the way. <laughs> but it's the same price as a Pro controller, though. I mean, it's not that's, sale. That's, that that yeah, that's fair. But like the the Joy Cons being seventy nine ninety nine, it's just one of those things that I'm like. Ah. It hurts me every time that I <laughs> that I gotta that I gotta buy a set, and I started getting a little bit of a Joy-Con drift in one of them, so I might have to buy a new set soon. Um, but regardless, I think I personally think the prices are fair. Uh, I mean, when you add all that up, if you want to be the the type of person to go in and get everything they want, you're gonna be you're gonna be spending a lot of money. But I mean, how many controllers do you really need nowadays? Four. Um, no, I'm the, just kidding. <laughs> The majority, the majority of games that you play, uh, or that you're going to be playing on the PS5, are going to be single player or online multiplayer. You, you need it. I would say most people are going to need at most one other controller for their fighting games, and 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 that's about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Or as a backup, or yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not planning on getting any, uh, another controller. You know, I, I'm that, I'm that type of person, and I did this with the PlayStation 4 generation. Is I actually. Uh, never bought a controller until the new color came out. So like my four mm-hmm. my four PS4 controllers are black, white, red, and blue, and they all didn't come out at the same time. They got staggered over the course of like a year and a half to two years. And uh, I remember like tweeting to Shuhei Yoshida, I was like, "Hey, hurry up and bring release the controllers." <laughs> uh, so like my plan is not to buy the the Dual Sense because unless whenever they make a black and white Dual Sense where they 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 switch the colors up, then I'll buy it. Um, and I want a red dual sense and I want a blue dual sense and then I'll be good. And then I got the infinity stones. Um, mm-hmm. the, the 3d wireless headset. I have a, I, my, my current headset that you guys, you see me when I'm Twitch streaming, uh, both on my personal, uh, Twitch account, as well as, uh, the ready press play, the white headphone that I'm wearing over my head is actually a 3d, uh, wired headphones that I bought, um, in conjunction, in conjunction with the PlayStation VR. So I'm probably going to get the 3d wireless headset simply because it is wireless and I've always wanted a wireless uh, headset and, um, 
and, and of course, you know, one of the biggest pushes about the PlayStation Five is 3D audio, and that's how they're mm-hmm. they're finally fine, um, you know, finally tuning audio to have uh, to to like match people's ears and stuff like that. And so, um, I'm definitely going to be that for day one. I'm not. I'm probably going to buy an HD camera because, well, I mean, I'm actually not even entirely sure because the only reason why I even use my my current like PlayStation Four camera is for VR. And for whenever I'm playing Fortnite on on stream because it's got a camera. But now that the sense of dual sense has a microphone, that's one less reason to do it. And I don't think I'm going to be buying a VR or I don't know if did they even say anything about PlayStation 4 VR being backwards compatible? But whatever, that's a whole. Um, other... I don't I don't know if they have. I, I it kind of feels like they. I don't know if we're going to be hearing much more about uh, PSVR moving forward. To be honest, I don't know. It feels like they're they're taking at least at the very least taking a break from. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced that there's going to be now. a PSVR 2 because they're only the biggest thing that they have to do is once they make it wireless, then that's oh my god, it's going to hit that it's going to hit that mm-hmm. uh, that that um, that threshold to for for the masses, I think. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, no, um, I, I'm I'm I hope for VR happening, but so yeah, as far as accessories goes, so I'm probably going to be dropping what 160 bucks between the 3D wireless headset and 60 dollars for the camera, and then call it a day, and then everything else will come as it goes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and the other thing is, um, you know, we, we talked about this earlier on the podcast from a couple episodes ago where we talked about NBA 2K21 and how it's going to be $70 and we're talking about price creep. And I gave the opinion that, hey, if you're going to put out a $70 title, don't put microtransactions. And, you know, that's a whole other debate about, you know, pricing structures and all that good, good stuff. So we found out more about uh, the prices of uh, of of titles and stuff. I mentioned even before, like how uh, the, the gold edition of the of Miles Morales is going to be 70 bucks. But uh, a couple of other games were announced for uh, for that seventy dollars price tag. I believe it was a, it was a Demon Souls. I don't have the uh, the prices in front of me. Um, I have it over here. So Astro's Playroom, uh, which will be a launch title pre-installed on the PS5, has no price because it will be pre-installed. Uh, then Demon Souls will be seventy dollars. Destruction All Stars will be seventy dollars. Spider-Man Miles Morales will be fifty dollars. Seventy dollars for the Ultimate Edition, which includes a upgraded version of the original marvel spider-man and then sec boy a big adventure is going to be 60 dollars hmm. so the thing that's interesting about this and these are the launch window titles by the way launch are the day launch, is, day. Yeah, launch day yeah uh the interesting thing about this is that there's there's a lot of variation in the prices actually and and you look at spider-man miles morales we talked about how that's probably going to be a short uh campaign or everyone, something everyone thought it like was like 40 bucks though yeah yeah so uh, 50 bucks, yeah, a bit steep for that potentially, but then 70 bucks for the Ultimate Edition getting you Spider-Man. It makes sense because that game is now worth 20 bucks as part of the PlayStation Selects or whatever. Uh, I believe it just regularly retails for $20. Uh, I think it's a little weird that you can't just get that game on the PS5. We're probably going to hear some more about that in the future. I also think it's a little weird that you can't just put the disc on and, and play the remastered version of that game, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that you would need to get the Ultimate Edition of Miles Morales to get access to that. Interesting. Uh, but I think I do think this means we're we're treading into the direction of most big AAA games being seventy dollars on next gen. Yeah, um, I'm okay with it. Um, everyone knows that not, we've already we've been due for this for a while because of inflation, and not to mention like cost mm-hmm. of development has like basically gone up, and the prices have stayed the same. So it's really been like a situation where they had to make up the money on another end. So um, that's fine. I'm not really uh, sweating over this and uh i can understand people that are especially because uh, the optics aren't good whenever you you know raise the prices of of software during a pandemic so um but yeah i mean i, I just I, i'm still of the opinion that gaming is a luxury item so you just have to 
uh, that's just you know you have to you know pay the price to to play I guess. Uh, and and the thing too is that nowadays there's so much more choices. You know, like if you don't want to pay seventy dollars for the top AAA games coming out when they come out, you can get them a few months later for much cheaper, or you can go and get subscribe to Game Pass or something, or just subscribe to PlayStation Plus and you get access to twenty awesome games or eighteen awesome games from the PS4. And it's like you're right. It's like I do feel like buying games day one buying the big AAA games day one is kind of a luxury and it's not something that most people could do even at $60 or at $70 so the price seems to be the price will be what it has to be and and ultimately if people don't buy it it'll probably go low again but people will buy it and everybody's going to figure out which I feel like today is like you can find a way to game no matter you know how much money you have it's going to be different and maybe you're going to have to wait longer and things along those lines yeah so um the um I was gonna say that we you can just stick uh, keep it locked to to ready press play as we got you <laughs> sus, uh, we got you covered on Broke Gamers Guide when we got sales especially yeah. Black Friday sales you better believe that you're gonna be getting these games for like these seventy dollar games you know by for twenty bucks at some point or if not maybe for free on PlayStation Plus Miles yeah. Morales is gonna be a PS Plus game one hundred percent you can take that to the bank um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, there's I just wanted to say one last thing before we move on from this topic because I don't do we have any I don't know if we have any other stuff to cover. Uh, but I just wanted to say really quick, just oh, sorry, go for it, go for it. Yeah, just it's been uh, officially confirmed that the PS5 will be backwards compatible with 99% of uh, PS4 games, uh, but it will not be backwards compatible with PS3, PS2, or PS1, as we already expected. I think the 99% uh, is very interesting because I did a quick lookup, and 1% of uh, PS4 titles would be something like I don't know, like. Uh, with the number I had, it would be like 30 games. Um, so I wonder which games are not going to be backwards compatible. I wonder if we're ever going to get a list for that. Probably a games that require some kind of peripheral, some kind of hardware thing, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe like a steering wheel or some kind of some kind of situation where there it does it's not really feasible. I would imagine it's more of a hardware thing than it is a software thing. My in my opinion, I mean just just looking at that 99, it's like oh that's my that's my go to reflex on on that one. Yeah, and we already talked about this, but we just just for the record, we learned that Miles Morales, as well as Horizon Forbidden West and some other PS5 games are going to be also available on PS4. I think the only exception to that right now is uh, the Demon Souls. Yeah, um, and I bet game. you there's no way that Ratchet and Clank is going to be uh, on the PS4 because the game is so centered around like fast loading times on that SSD. True. So yeah, I mean, like they're. The, on this on this particular topic, I'm just gonna say that they probably started off as PS4 like development for PS4, and mm-hmm. I guess that's fine. Especially, I mean, Horizon Forbidden West has probably started on the PS4 as well. So, uh, you know, the whole narrative about like we need to make games for the PS5 to really push boundaries with the hardware kind of thing. I mean, it's probably. Yeah, it's not a good look. I don't. There's no spin. I'm not gonna go to bat for them on this one, but it's probably gonna situation where um, these games are just gonna be souped up PS4 games, so it's gonna be fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So the other thing, uh, the one thing I was gonna just uh, quickly touch on is just um, since we're talking about like Xbox versus PlayStation 4, um, I just wanted to go on record and say it one more time that I feel like that Xbox should have uh, kept the Xbox One X on store shelves. So that way they could have had a, a, an Xbox for you at every $100 mark. So you could have like an mm. Xbox One S at 200 a Series S at 300 a One X at 400 and a Series X at 500 So it's like two, three, four, five, boom. You know, so I, I don't know. Uh, it would be so confusing though. <laughs> <laughs> it already is. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, there's really not much more to say other than that. Like, you know, strategy wise, I guess that's fine. Uh, they got, they do, they're doing what they're doing and yeah. 
Um, I know we really have to move on, but just I, I just want to make sure because I was kind of critical and a bit negative through some parts of the story, but it's because I thought it was fair to like look at things as, as they are, like I was saying, try to leave some of my fanboyism outside. But at the same time, I will say that Sony brought the hype and that if anything, Microsoft still needs to ha- it still has to learn uh, how to better do that and how to better market what they have. And I really think that Halo getting delayed was a really bad blow that is going to be hard to recover from. Okay. I feel like if that hadn't happened, I feel like if Halo was awesome and it was coming out this year, I feel like they would have won. That's <laughs> that's what that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, we'll definitely see what happens in November whenever the consoles launches, and we'll see where like you know we've hit this mil- yep. this many million units sold and stuff like that or whatever. So yeah. All right. News. All right. So traditional news, we got some couple of stories here for you to run through. Uh, the biggest news story, I would say, uh, besides the PlayStation stuff, is the Nintendo's actual uh, partner direct. So going into the week, like sometime I think on Sunday, they announced that they gave us a head, heads up. Like, hey, by the way, we're dropping a, a Nintendo partner showcase uh, today as of the day of recording. And so that's it's kind of new because uh, the later, like some of the like the partner showcases that have been happening, they've all been just stealth dropped. It's like, here it is. And like, just wait, you wake up to it kind of thing with no, with no uh, warning. So with this particular uh, one, I can see why they decided to give us a heads up because they knew they were going to be, be bringing the hype. So there were really three bangers. Everything else kind of falls to the wayside. So the three things that I really, we really want to hit on is uh, Monster Hunter Rise, Monster Hunter Stories 2, and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I would say, but uh, let's just go ahead and cover everything here just really quick. Uh, so Monster Hunter Rise uh, says here, the latest entry in the action RPG series, finding players battling fearsome monsters and reaching new heights, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's going to be coming out on March 20, uh, March 26, 2021, and there's going to be a deluxe, a deluxe edition available, which offers the full game as well as bonus DLC. Uh, Monster, Hunter, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. Currently, currently in development, and it puts the player in the role of a monster rider who befriends like, iconic monsters from the Monster Hunter series as they embark on epic adventures together. So that just says summer 2021, and then uh, there's going to be a feature reveal. Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Now, this is one of my top games of 2020. I played it on Xbox One. It's going to be, uh, it's just got stealth drop on the Nintendo Switch today, uh, today of recording. And yeah, you're also going to be, there's going to be a physical collector's edition, which I comes, thought that looked really cool, which comes with uh, Ori and the Blind Forest as well. So um, I'm considering double dipping because I didn't buy uh, Ori um, on the Switch. So uh, yeah, I'm, that's, uh, especially that cover art is hella dope. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and la- other other stuff was Fitness Boxing Two, which you can up imp- uh, import your your um, your results or your tracking your your health from the first Fitness Boxing game. And so there's some new modes, new new coaches and stuff like that. Disgaea Six, Defiance of Destiny. Don't know what to say about that, other than it's on it's already on pre-order. It comes out in December. There's other stuff: Hades, Empire Sin, Sniper Elite Four, PGA Tour, 2K21, The Long Dark, Balan Wonderworld. Now that one looks dope, and uh, it did. Uh, yeah, that's shout out to that one. And uh, well, this is our second look at it. Uh, I think this is like we actually got to see real like gameplay because I think the first one was just a reveal. But it's coming out on March 26, 2021. And lastly, Rune Factory Five. So I just want to say before I kick it over to you, Dan, I just want to say that this is how a Nintendo partner showcase should be. You need to. Mm-hmm. Have hype. You need to have a banger, and in this case, they had th- about three of them. I would say, uh, possibly four. I would actually, because I almost forgot about. Uh, I almost forgot about the uh, 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 Balan Underworld. Oh, sorry, I can't yeah. find it. Um, but yeah. So 
yeah, I just wanted to say that the um, this is definitely uh, the kind of stuff that um, they need to do to make uh, Nintendo Switch uh, owners, you know, happy. Look forward to you know what's coming down the road and stuff. Now, most of these, like like with the Monster Hunter, these are all 2021 stuff. But at the very least, uh, we we are um, you know happy with the stealth drop of, of Ori, and especially because uh, there hasn't been a Microsoft first party uh, title that's been dropped on the Switch as of late. So uh, we're, I'm glad to see that the partnership is still going strong. So yeah. So mm-hmm. Dan, over to you. Yeah, I uh, I watched this one shortly before we started recording the podcast, and I, I thought it was pretty solid, too. I liked it, and it's interesting because we, we had, I think this was the third partner showcase, and we had the the Paper Mario review a while ago, and we had the Mario 35th anniversary as well, and I wonder, like, can you imagine, Lewis, if they had put all of those together and gave us one really dope, polished, 45-minute long direct in uh, like an E3 direct in like June or something like wouldn't that have been awesome because like they did end up like this might have not been the best year for Nintendo other than you know the success of Animal Crossing but they did end up having a lot of cool things within all within all of these different uh, directs that they had and so I think they could have put together a really awesome presentation had they kind of consolidated everything into one as opposed to uh, you know just kind of dropping all these small pieces and it makes me miss when things were announced that way instead personally uh just because i i am a fan of that you know the bringing the hype the the getting you excited and show the showmanship of it exactly um i do have a few different shout outs here as well so first for the two monster hunter games uh, i have some friends that are really into monster hunter um i'm I'm not necessarily but i i thought they look cool I, i have to say that it it was it was it's a bit weird to me to have two games in the Monster Hunter franchise coming out on the Switch so close to each other. Um, that being said, I'm not a, a Monster Hunter follower, so maybe those are two co- totally separate th- things. You know, maybe it's like a you know like a 3D Mario game and a Mario Kart or something, and I'm making a stupid comparison. But uh, from an outsider, that that's that was something that kind of caught my attention. I have to say that I thought Monster Hunter Stories 2 looked a lot better than the other one. And it kind of highlights the kind of art style that fits the Switch better. Uh, because it had a little bit more of a like a stylized uh, sort of yeah. anime-esque art style. And I thought that worked a lot better on the Switch than Monster Hunter Rise. Which honestly kind of looked like a... Like a beefed up PS2 game or something. Um, not to be not to be too mean. It's, I've had people say that about games that I've worked on in the past. <laughs> so so I can do it. I can do it to others too. Um, now, uh, Ori in the World of the Wisp coming out on the Switch. That's that's awesome. I thought the collector's edition looked really cool, and I, I I'm also debating on on getting it. I I never played those games, but they they're the kinds of games that I know I'm gonna love. I just I just really have to play them. Shout out to Hades. I I haven't played it, but it's a uh, super giant game i always get super giant super massive mixed up super giant game the makers of uh, bastion and transistor they're a cool studio um empire of sin uh it's a romero games which that's john romero's uh game studio john romero the legendary designer behind doom and quake and wolfenstein 3d commander keen and all of that uh he's uh it's either him or his wife but i think they have a company together and that's the company behind that game so it looked kind of interesting like murder mystery type stuff um i don't know if i'm actually going to play it but you know it, it looked it looked kind of interesting and then bailing wonder world like you said that looked pretty cool and i'll say that rune factory 5 also looked pretty cool so yeah i, I thought they had lots of good stuff on this one yeah i just wanted to say one last thing about ori um i really hope that they do it justice with this port um i've gave my criticism about having how the original xbox one vcr model uh struggled 
to run um, Ori. So I hope they did whatever magic and whatever optimizations, whatever compression, whatever they need to do. They need. To, I hope that it's like it doesn't take away from like the uh, mm-hmm. doesn't take away from like the the experience. Um, granted, the Xbox One took away from the experience, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, but um, I'm pretty sure that it's gonna, because the Xbox One probably ran it at 60 frames per second. I'm pretty sure um, that Switch will run it at 30, which I think is fine. Um, so I'm hoping that that in and of itself is good enough to uh, to not have it chug along or have any stutters because I'm not gonna tell you right. I'm gonna tell you this right now on the Xbox One. I I was bobbing and weaving through the jungle so fast that the Xbox One couldn't keep up with me. So it literally froze me in place while it loaded what was in front of me. So um, that's gonna be a situation. I don't I don't know how they're gonna tackle that. Um, I didn't really have that that I don't remember having that problem on the original Ori. So uh, yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I'm still excited. Um, heavily, heavily, like really, just probably gonna. I'm, I'm 90% sure I'm gonna double dip on this one. So yeah, uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on here. Uh, some we got a little quick sub story here on this one. Nintendo confirms it has new hardware planned, but offers very few details. So uh, Nintendo has confirmed that its next console will try to surprise players in the same way as previous generations. This is an IGN article. And uh, so apparently it says that um, there's going to be an integrated hardware solution or integrated hardware software approach utilized in its previous consoles. And shocking, no one added that it will arrive within this century. <laughs> Who the <laughs> hell wrote this? No, no, no. Okay. So what they did is that they put a uh, like they put new console and then 20 XX. So it, it's not really supposed to mean anything, but it theoretically confirms that it's coming out before 2100, which we would have known. <laughs> uh, and people are running with this. It doesn't really mean anything. It's like a kind of like a non-story story. But we know that, you know, there is a new Nintendo hardware in the horizon, whatever that means, whether they're just thinking of the upgraded beefed up Switch or if this is whatever comes after that. But we know that they're thinking about the future, plus, obviously. Plus every console, every company like PlayStation, Microsoft, no, everyone, everyone starts pro prototyping the next hardware as soon as the one launches out the door so absolutely yeah, yeah that's this is definitely a non-story story um but i'm still i'm still like i'm calling it my, this is my prediction for 2021 march 2021 we're getting a, a nintendo switch pro and breath of the wild 2 that is my that you can do you do you want to know my prediction to 2021 i wanted to have said this on the other story but we went too long anyway okay. god of war ragnarok is not coming out oh <laughs> And I think they know it, and I think they put that in there. Once again, Sony's, like, marketing machine, I think they put that in there just to to drum up, create yeah, the hype, yeah. drum up the hype, and that we're soon going to find out that that's a 2022 game. Ah, God, don't do this to me, Dan. Uh, you're, you're, <laughs> Sorry you're, to uh, ruin your dreams, Louis. Yeah. You're, uh, I was going to say something crude, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Screw it. I was going to say, uh, you're making my dick soft. <laughs> uh, but anyways, all right, so... Here's uh, the next story here. So I commented on this last week, by the way, because I, I knew it. I was I was ahead of the curve on this one, but we'll go ahead and cover it here officially. GameStop set to close 300 more stores this year. Now, when I heard it last week, I was it was 400, but whatever. So um, there was an update. Should we read the update first, or should we read the maiden story here first? Uh, let's go. Um, I guess I guess the update maybe. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you figure right. out what to actually. What the to update do. is right. It's got it's got my uh, my thing right. Uh, update yeah. in a recent investor call, GameStop announced that it will close around 100 more stores than previously planned, increasing the number of store closures to between 400 and 450. In the previous earning calls, GameStop said it's planned to close around 300 stores, but the number has increased since the March investor brief. GameStop CFO Jim Bell hinted that store closures will continue into 2021. 
So, um, yeah, GameStop saw online sales increase by 800%, but even with this, uh, um, even this was less than analyst expectations. Uh, GameStop has uh, was also impacted by COVID-19 pandemic, which saw stores close temporarily across the United States. So, yeah, um, there. I think that's pretty much, I don't really need to get into like the nitty gritty of the article. There's just talking about some fiscal sales and uh, year over year, um, you know, uh, quarter over quarter, like profits drops and stuff or revenue drops. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, just the story in and of itself. It's just kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I have not shopped at GameStop in a long time and I've gotten, I, I we've, we've had a whole topic of the show about GameStop and I have, mm-hmm. you know, never given them a second chance because like, I just got so annoyed by their sales tactics and them constantly berating me to like, you know, buy a wireless plan or to buy a membership or, you know, you know, do you want to add this protection? Like, I don't want to be upsell like for, for fucking days when, or, you know, waiting in line, um, seeing somebody else get upsell and they just want to do their transaction. I feel like GameStop should just be a GameStop where it's like in and out kind of thing. So, um, they, I think they've kind of like, you know, veered away from that and it's no longer convenient and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily want them to go to hell either. So I don't know. I'm just kind of, uh, I don't know where I stand on this one. It's kind of sad because there's a part of me that wishes that they would stick around for nostalgia's sake. And also because it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I've actually been going to GameStop pretty often uh, recently because I'm working on collecting games from the PS3 slash Xbox 360 generation. And GameStop is actually a good place to find some of those games for pretty cheap. Uh, I've bought I've bought games for like two dollars, three dollars, and it's that are like good games from that generation that I want to collect. So um, that's that's something that I've been doing. But ultimately, you know, it's it's just the direction that the world is going, and our thoughts go out to all the people that work at GameStop that are going to be affected by these store closures. But we we can't say that we didn't see it coming, and and right. it's going to keep coming. So um, Reggie, you failed us. I just want to say there. <laughs> we talked. Did, about I don't even know if you did anything. Yeah, no, I was like, was Reggie was going to be on the board? We talked about it like. Mm-hmm. Uh, a while back and we're like i hope he you know he can steer the ship and and uh, weather the storm and you know like that the, the whole situation i don't know if it was a self-inflicted wound because like i feel like like people on online talk about like they're they they are you know fed up with shopping there and i know i was i'm definitely in that camp as well and then not to mention i'm, I'm subscribed to a youtube channel where he gets insider information about how how they lie all the time and i'm like ah oh, that's that's kind of bad it just uh things don't look good and um <laughs> even the there was even the the youtube channel I'm talking about he like snuck in on a conference call and he like literally heard like the the upper management telling their their store associates to lie to customers and just put in the uh just tack on the three dollar um you know price or uh, product that warranty that three dollar guarantee where you if it's a defective product you can swap it back in because it's free money because nobody ever takes advantage of the warranties and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah i just um I, I do I, I do think that it's not you know it's like it's like eighty twenty it's like eighty percent GameStop self inflicted wound but also twenty percent like just Amazon and just online shopping in general just kind of and yeah. also digital stores with PSN and Xbox um, I think that's that they were they were kind of fighting an uphill battle and I think they just sort of accelerated their own demise but yeah um, hopefully they were they were big on trying to like re uh, revitalize their image with the uh, you know, making GameStops like, uh, you know, with setups, with gaming setups and hold like tournaments and make it a, a social hangout. But then COVID hit. So you can't really do that. So, yeah, this is uh, there's I don't know what, what if there is any other way out. But yeah, so going to go ahead and move on because I kind of ranted. Uh, so this is a, a GameSpot. I almost said GameStop, by the way. This is a GameSpot uh, article. <laughs> and this is uh, talking about August 2020's 
NPD. So Madden NFL 21 uh, tackles as Switch continues uh, Switch continues sales streak. That's a mouthful right there. So I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and just say the get to the top 20 here. So starting from number one, Madden NFL 21 takes the top spot for August, followed by UFC 4 and Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Ghost of Tsushima, and Animal Crossing New Horizons rounding out the top five. Then we got Ring Fit Adventure, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Paper Mario the Origami King. Damn, that's almost the top 10 right there, the second half of the top 10 just right there. But then it's ruined by yeah, Mortal just Kombat. Nintendo, yeah. <laughs> then it's ruined by Mortal Kombat 11 at number 10. Uh, so mm-hmm. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and then The Last of Us Part 2, Minecraft, PlayStation 4 Edition, PGA Tour 2K21, New Super Mario Brothers uh, Deluxe at number 15, Super Mario Party, Rainbow Six Siege, Super Mario Odyssey, Final Fantasy VII Remake at number 19. Jesus. Okay, that's uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. So that's the top 20 for the August 2020. So did you, To oh, be fair, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out a while ago. So I, I think it kind of makes sense that it's, you know, it's fallen down the list and et cetera. And I feel like it's still probably selling a lot. I, I want to make a commentary here, but I want to give it a disclaimer that I'm an EA employee. However, I'm saying this without... You know, not representing EA or anything along those lines. But I think that Madden NFL 21 and UFC 4 being the top two in the list kind of shows that fan outrage does not equal change in sales. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. and I think that's something that we talk about sometimes. And I think it's very interesting to observe in the games industry because a lot of times you go like, oh, those developers are in trouble. That game is in trouble. It's getting all this outrage online. And then you look and it was the top selling game of the month. Yeah. And so, it's already been just in August alone. It's the number six best selling game year to date. So yeah, the other list is the top selling games year to date. So Call of, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which was as a last year release is number one this year. Then Animal Crossing New Horizons. Then The Last of Us Part Two, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ghost of Tsushima rounding out the top five. Then we got Madden NFL 21 at number six, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, MLB The Show 20, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Jesus Christ, at number nine, and Mortal Kombat 11 at number 10. It's a lot of numbers. There. Look at Nintendo's presence in both of these lists. Like, it's so it's so cool, Louis, to, uh, to see Nintendo so strong again. Uh, both you and me experienced the Wii U days of Nintendo really struggling, and then now we get to see the Switch being the best-selling console month after month, and then a variety of different Nintendo games on the top 10 month after month. I mean, like you said, number 5, 6, 7, 8... Nine and then eleven are all uh, Nintendo first party games and and Nintendo Switch exclusives. So go good good for Nintendo. Yeah, and well, Ghost of Tsushima doing pretty pretty well too. So I just wanted to say the reason why I was surprised by Final Fantasy VII Remake at number nineteen is like I kind of in my head I wanna I want like PlayStation Four exclusives to be like Nintendo exclusives where they're evergreen titles and they just kind of stick around on the list. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, of course like you know they these the PlayStation games, they just drop in price so much faster. And I just, I don't know, like, I'm, I was kind of like, sort of like wrapping my head around, like, you know, that that game's going to have a staying power month over month kind of thing um, in my head. Uh, but maybe that's I'll, just I'll tell you case. something, I'll tell you something interesting about that, though. Like, we talk a lot about games, games as a service, and we don't often talk about Nintendo games as being games as a service. However, if you look at Animal Crossing New Horizons, that's effectively a games as a service. That's a game that's continuing to get updates, a game that there's a reason for people to buy and play for the the whole year and continuing on to next the next few years. And then you look at things like Ring Fit Adventure and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and both of these games, they're not that type of game, but at the same time, they're like you said, I like the term that you use, an evergreen title in the sense that 
you can have fun with those games constantly and they're not about a you know a 10 to 30 hour single player campaign that you get through and then you're done with the game so with something like the last of us part 2 or with something like final fantasy 7 remake or even with something like ghost of tsushima those are the kinds of games that come out people buy them play them they sell for a couple months and then after that they're not selling as much anymore because the majority of the people that were excited and that wanted to play them already bought them versus i feel like these other games that you can kind of play at any point and they're not as much about a a single player campaign they're they're multiplayer games or or they're games that you're playing for exercise during the pandemic and things along those lines i feel those are the games that kind of end up having um having more legs in those lists uh, i would say the biggest surprise in that sense is actually breath of the wild uh still kicking in there <laughs> yeah it's ever i think yeah i think most of nintendo's are just like nintendo titles are generally tend to be like evergreen titles like they they make mm-hmm. these games because you know that's your that's your Mario Kart for the whole generation. That's your Smash for the whole generation. You're only gonna get one in these franchises. Maybe you if you're if you're a good little boy, you, Santa might give you a, a second one in the same console. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think that's uh, interesting. That uh, interesting commentary. It's just it's just kind of sort of bringing that into new light for me when I'm like looking at these numbers and stuff. But yeah. And I I want to uh, just read another part here that I uh, two parts that I find interesting. Hardware spending was up 37 percent year over year, while game content like DLC and subscriptions was up 37% and accessories were up 42%. So once again, showing that COVID has impacted the gaming industry positively when it comes to sales and that, right? Like, I'm not saying that it's a positive thing. I'm just saying that it's going up, right? So Captive uh, sales have, yeah, sales have continued to increase. And then this is pretty cool. Nintendo Switch sets a new US August hardware sales record that beat out the previous record set in 2008 by Nintendo Wii. Damn. So Switch in a lot of different ways is like doing better than the Wii. Damn. Uh, good catch. I, I literally skipped right over that part. All right. Yeah, so, no worries. All right. Xbox Series S won't run Xbox One <laughs> X versions of backwards compatible games the same. So this is a Video Games Chronicles. Um, and yeah, so Microsoft confirms cheaper next-gen console will run the One S versions of the enhancements. So, I yeah, dude, this really quick. This is so funny because there was like a tweet that went out with it. I think IGN posted a tweet that was like basically that headline plus like some more words after it and more like there was like Xbox like five times on the on the tweet and like <laughs> S, S and X like four times too. And it was it was like a mouthful and it was like the most confusing thing ever. But yeah, I had to read ahead. it out loud very slowly too, just to make sure that everything kind of like follows. It's like when you say that when you say it, like especially for like the listeners, you have to like be like, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. And okay. So you just kind of like, like, uh, if you say it too fast, it just kind of like you lose that. And that's why I was even processing it. Uh, but basically, uh, I'm not going to read the article here. I just want to give it the, the TLDR. Um, the Series S is going to be running the uh, the backwards compatible games, but like at the lower settings. So you're going to get the HDR. You uh, you there'll be a more consistent frame rates. You know, you're just they're just optimizing the One S experience basically. Um, so from some people, that's like a, a big you know. Um, how do I put it? That's like a big turnoff, especially because, you know, it's got HDMI 2.1. It can output in 4K. Um, there should be like no reason that it's, uh, you know, an Xbox One X, which is a last gen console, 
uh, shouldn't be able to run off fully to the max greatest in a next gen console. From uh, my understanding, and I'm not a hardware guy, is because the the One X could do native 4K and the Series S cannot. So the Series S is not a native 4K console. It can output in 4K, but it's like up res. It's like what is it called? The PS4 a, Pro I, checkerboard rendering kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, there's yeah, I, I don't know the the correct terms for it, but it's basically like. I guess in one way, the headline and the content is confusing, and I, I, I could understand why people kind of took it negatively. But at the end of the day, when you look at the One X is is to the Series X, what the One S is to the Series S, that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? So like the Series S is basically running things better, but in a way that the One S would because it's not doing native 4K, while the One X and the Series X are the native 4K consoles. So that's kind of what I looked. We all knew that that was not going to be the strongest console, right? It's supposed to be the cheaper option. So to me, kind of made sense, I guess. Yeah, of course, you know, like the One S didn't even register. I mean, the One S, the Series S, god damn it. Uh, the Series <laughs> S doesn't even register in my mind. So this is not even a problem for me. Um, but I can understand it if, um, if um, you know, kids are getting the new console from their parents this christmas and they're going to be getting a series s because it's within budget then yeah it's gonna suck not getting like the best of the best of the best or even like last gen's best of the best of the best even at that so um yeah i mean it's fine i think that um we're already talking about series s optimized games so gears is going to be running at you know 120 frames per second so that's fine i think that you're getting a next gen gen ish kind of experience, and I think that the 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 uh, the emphasis on the Series S is definitely going to be the SSD and the CPU, and not so much the GPU. So, um, I I can understand. I'll just put it this way: I understand why people would be upset, but also I'm you know I'm not going to be one of those people. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. So the extra news. Uh, so first off, number one. Tyler Ninja Blevins is making a return to Twitch with a new exclusive multi-year deal. Number two, Portuguese retailer lists Mass Effect Trilogy Remastered for the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. About damn time. Uh, Number three, Nintendo revealed that there are more than 26 million Nintendo Switch online subscribers and over 200 million Nintendo accounts. The amount of Nintendo accounts more than doubled due to Mario Kart Tour, which saw more Nintendo accounts created than Nintendo Switch launched. Jesus Christ. I thought that was funny. That's why I included that part there. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Number four, Xbox Game Pass for PC is leaving its beta phase, a change that will see its price rise to the same level as the console version. I'm not that excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, according to the Washington Post, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan said that there will be more PlayStation 5s available at launch than there were for the PlayStation 4 which is goes against the rumors that happened earlier this week about the uh, PlayStation 5s not uh, having a high yield rate with the system on a chip, and therefore they're going to be cutting back on production, which they've denied it. So we'll see where the conspiracy lands in November. Uh, number six, Facebook has unveiled its Oculus Quest 2 standalone wireless virtual reality headset starting at $300 and with 50% more pixels than the previous version. Meanwhile, Facebook said it won't make any more PC-based Oculus Rift headsets. Oh, so they're going to go to phones, huh? Uh, Number seven, new built-from-the-ground-up Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed games are coming to Oculus Quest 2. So, yeah, anything to comment on? Um, I personally don't have a lot of things to say here. I mean, I have Game Pass for PC. I I said uh, that I'm not excited about that. I actually canceled uh, my Game Pass for PC subscription <sighs> today, but it's it's for no like no bad reason. I'm not like I like hating on it or anything. But the price was going to go up, and I'm like, 
I don't see a point to pay for this going up in price for the next few months when I'm when I'm just gonna be getting the the full deluxe whatever with the with the Series X probably at the end of the year. So um, I figured I'm gonna cancel it for now and then I'm probably gonna get the get it again later. Nice. So the only thing I really wanted to say is I'm hoping that number five is true. Uh, because I wasn't able to secure my own PlayStation 5 pre-order uh, today or yesterday. Um, you know, I went on Best Buy and um, I managed to pull, put the PlayStation 5 in my cart. But then when I went to checkout, it just crashed. Um, Which we didn't even talk about that. And we keep we keep going back to the, the PS4, like, sorry, the PS5 uh, topic <laughs> of the show. But um, it was such a shit show, like, with the pre-orders. Because they, they did the show and they didn't announce when the pre-orders were going to start like Xbox did. And then pre-orders just went live on some sites, even though they later said that it was going to be on Thursday or Friday or whatever. Thursday, and yeah. then, like... Each different retailer is just putting the pre-orders up at different times and nobody's going to be nobody's being able to get it. And uh, then the whole thing that you signed up for earlier is some random people got the email and I don't know After like, the fact why that the pre-orders went up. Yeah. Yeah. Based on what standard and, and it's honestly just being a shit show and shout out to like the Xbox social media people. They, <laughs> they've been doing a yeah. really good job on social media like, recently and they did up and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so and they they did a lot better about that. But we'll see. P, uh, Xbox uh, Series X and Series S pre-orders are going to be going live next Tuesday, I believe, early in the morning. Yes. If you guys are interested in pre-ordering. Uh, for certain time yeah. zone, but yeah. Um, I just actually, I really wanted to actually say this because I, we didn't we didn't cover this on top of the show, but um, I just wanted to say I've seen a lot of um, uh, back and forth because everyone's talking about the shit show and everything and like, you know, uh, one retailer went first and then it just kind of created like this, you know, the dam was broken and everything, the, the flood water just came through. Um, I just wanted to say that there's, a, I've seen a spin on someone's YouTube video where they said that it was actually a good thing because the scalpers weren't able to make their put their bots to work because they were probably programming their bots for tomorrow or for today. Hmm. So Interesting. Okay. People were more people more actual people were able to get you know their pre-orders or you know real people. And then of course not to say there aren't scalpers because even go on eBay you can see like a, a PlayStation Five for like two thousand dollars and everything. But you know, uh, fuck. Well, first off, fuck scalpers. I'm never gonna buy anything scalped ever. Like straight up, um, I'm not gonna reward that behavior. Um, also, on another side note, we didn't even talk about, but like the 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 pre-orders or like the sale, like the the new uh, GTX or RTX uh, 3080s, you know, went live, and I even retweeted one of my uh, my the BY follow on Twitter how he was this morning at 8 a.m. like ready to go, and he's at Best Buy's website, and. The soon as ADM hit, he refreshed to like, you know, get, you know, get that transaction done as quickly as possible. And then within one second, it was sold out. Like, you know, while he refreshed and then you saw it like he was about to hit that add to cart like really fast. And then it just grayed out. Boom. Like, and then uh, it was like the, like in terms of like fighting games, it's called like frame one. It's like that frame one sellout. Damn. So I just think that that's uh, that's kind of horrible, and that's fine. And I'm pretty sure it was the bots because we saw like pages of pages on eBay of all the pre-orders that were like you know being scalped. So yeah, you know, nothing to do with the extra news, but you know, we just kind of circled back. I don't really have anything to say on any of these any of these items other than I think I pretty much said it as I was reading them. So yeah, uh, Dan. Me neither. <laughs> uh, Dan, it is gonna be time for you to take over the show. What are you buying? All right, so uh, we got a lot of things to cover here. So uh, first, just going over the new releases for the next week. Uh, Crisis Remastered is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on September 18. 
Super Mario 3D All-Stars is coming out on Switch on September 18 as well. So this Friday when you're listening to the show, play three classic games at home or on the go, all in one package on the Nintendo Switch system, jump into paintings in Super Mario 64, clean up paint like goop in Super Mario Sunshine, and fly from planet to planet in Super Mario Galaxy, make Mario move using the Nintendo Switch system's Joy-Con controllers. You can also pass a Joy-Con controller to a friend to play the Super Mario Galaxy game in co-star mode. Mario's movements are as smooth as ever with HD resolution for each game while still retaining the look and feel of the originals, which we're not that excited about, but <laughs> I've heard but I've, all good. Uh, I've uh, I've talked to somebody who has the game and he was poo-pooing the game, so that kind of sucks. Mm. All right, then we uh, we're also getting WWE 2K Battlegrounds on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the same day. The world of WWE is your battleground with over-the-top arcade action as your favorite WWE superstars and legends battle in interactive environments around the world, compete using special abilities and power-ups in match types like Steel Cage, Royal Rumble, and more. On September 20th, we got Hello Neighbor coming to Stadia. On September 22nd, we got 13 Sentinels, Asia's Rim coming to PS4. On September 23rd, we got Unrailed coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. On September 24th, we got Going Under coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Little Big Workshop coming out on Xbox One. Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 Complete Edition coming out on Switch and PC. Series M4 coming out on Stadia and PC. And Tears of Avia coming out on Xbox One and PC. When it comes to other releases and updates, uh, Rocket League is going free to play on September 23rd. So a bit of a Pro Gamer's Guide crossover here for the new releases. Uh, Rare's classic SNES platformer Donkey Kong Country 2 is arriving on the Nintendo Switch Online service next week on September 23rd. Dragon Ball Fighter Z is getting a new update and adding Master Roshi. And Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, was stealth drop it, dropped on the Nintendo Switch, so you can go and get that right now. And you can also pre-order that uh, collector's edition that we talked about earlier in the show. Louis, any shoutouts? Um... I don't really have any shoutouts other than I think the um, I think I'm pretty much gonna have like my impressions uh, for Super Mario Three All Stars next week because that's the game I'm planning on picking up uh, day one and uh, yeah I mean from my understanding from what I was talking to about about how like they were poo pooing the game is that these uh, these uh, games kind of seem like um, not even ports but more like emulator emulation and they uh. basically like were phoning it in kind of thing and that Nintendo mm-hmm. didn't put enough effort into these and stuff so i'm like oh that sucks it's like this game i feel like the reason why the people are going to be upset with this game is like and they're still going to buy it i'm like i'm not going to discount that but uh i think the, the it's it's what it's what could have been is what really like hurts the most so yeah, yeah. definitely for sure all right got a selection of good things on sale stranger we got a lot of things for the Bro Gamers Guide today. I'm going to start, since we just talked about Super Mario 3D All-Stars, um, by letting you know that it will be discounted on day one at Walmart on launch day. Uh, there might be a lot of people going in to buy this game, so you might want to check uh, if your local Walmart uh, has it in stock before before you go. Otherwise, you might be going from store to store trying to find it, but uh, it will be 50 bucks. So I'm debating, not convinced yet. And, and by the time people are listening to, to this, the, it's already going to be happening. But I'm debating on waking up early and going to a Walmart tomorrow to, uh, <laughs> to see if I can get it for the $10 off, even though I was just shitting on. <laughs> we, we are part of the problem, Louis. We are both part of the problem. I will tell you this. I will not be buying this game, at least not right now, if I don't get it with a discount at Walmart. Hmm. I know you can't say the same, but <laughs> on the Epic Game Store 
We got Football Manager 2020 is free right now until September 24th, as well as the game Stick It to the Man. I believe this was on PS Plus a while yes, ago. Yes, it was. And uh, Watch Dogs 2 is the big headliner for the week. For next week, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 Complete Edition. Wait a minute. Isn't that would... like the same Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 that you talked about releasing on September 24th? Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. And it's going to be free on, on when it releases. It's going to be free on the Epic Games Store. I, I Did you ever play those uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon games? I used I've to seen play them as a game. I've seen gameplay. It's all about shenanigans and just making up bullshit and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in the sense of that. But, yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Epic Games Store is giving away a free game day one when a game launches. That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. And Watch Dogs 2 is, uh, is a really good critically acclaimed game so welcome to san francisco join the most notorious hacker group deadsec your objective execute the biggest hack of the history yeah i played watchdogs 2 at at a at a what was it was it like playstation experience psx yeah i played i played it at psx and it was good it definitely was uh, an improvement a mark a marked improvement over the first one so um this is semi pretty decent timing because watchdog legions is coming out so you're pretty much kind of like just kind of like um buttering you up for the next game uh, as far as timing goes Mm -hmm. uh now you can grab yourself a free copy of rocket arena on pc until october 10th if you have a subscription to amazon prime uh, this is an EA kind of arena shooter game where everybody uses rocket launchers. I remember we saw it during EA Play. I thought it looked kind of cool. So um, you can get it for free until October 10th on PC if you want to go check that out. Uh, we got some new games being added to Xbox Game Pass. Let me pull up the list here. Company of Heroes 2 is coming on September 17 on PC. Destiny 2 Shadow Keep and Forsaken are coming on September 22nd on console and mobile. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but Xbox Game Pass is coming, I believe, to Android as well now. Uh, Halo 3 ODST is coming on September 22nd for PC and mobile. Night in the Woods coming September 24th to PC, console, and mobile. Warhammer Vermintide 2 coming September 24th to console and mobile. And then on September 30th, those games are going to be leaving Xbox Game Pass. Bad North, Dirt Rally 2.0, Dishonored 2, Panzer Dragoon Orta, Westerado Double Barreled, and Yuka Lele. Mm. I have to say that uh, some big some big guns are joining Game Pass this month. So Halo 3 ODST, Night in the Woods, and Destiny 2, um, the, the Destiny 2 expansion, I mean, hmm. um, are good, good additions. I just wanted to say that um, because of the, the launch of the Game Pass on Android, there have been some, uh, some kind of, I don't know if they're first party branded accessories or they're like just made by third parties with like some licensing, but basically there are... Um, xbox one joy cons that you can attach to your cell phone now and so oh yes you can yes. Uh, basically enjoy uh game pass or even x cloud i guess if it's a thing if it's already a thing but you can enjoy those two things on your um on your like androids like the samsung galaxy note tw- uh, note 20 you know that they're there there's a mm-hmm. huge pro- promotion with that you can get that and basically you're in you're basically having a nintendo switch experience so that's basically essentially is xbox's answer to the nintendo switch is that you can just do that yeah uh now we got a lot of interesting switch deals on amazon right now uh those are not being advertised into any banner of a sale or anything but i i just happened to stumble upon them so i figured i'll add them in here captain toad treasure tracker is currently 3284 uh, and a bunch of other Switch games are also on sale. So New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe is 40 bucks. DK Tropical Freeze is 50 Oh, wait, I think that game already retailed for 50 But 
Luigi's Mansion 3 is $50. Um, Kirby Star Allies is $50. So uh, might be a good idea to go check out some Switch games on Amazon. Mario Maker 2 is $40. Um, Link's Awakening is 50 Mario Odyssey is 50 Splatoon 2 is 40 I believe they're matching. I believe they're price matching the, I think it was the Best Buy deals that we read last week. Uh, and then uh, Sid, Sid Meier's Civilization 6, a game that I've been eyeing actually because I'm a big fan of the series, but I haven't played Civ 6 yet, is uh, $15 on Switch right now on Amazon. And I believe 20 bucks on PS4 on Amazon as well. Now, if you have a Switch and you're mostly a digital owner and a digital buyer and a digital hoarder you probably are running out of space or you might need some extra space on your switch so we got a really good deal here i think this is one of the best deals of the week for a 256 gigabyte micro sd memory card for the nintendo switch for 60 dollars at best buy this normally retails for 100 bucks so you can now get it for 40 dollars off a 40 percent discount uh and 256 gigs that's I, I, I don't think you, you could potentially need more than that for uh, for your Switch right now. Yeah, for now. Um, for now, I'll be, uh, for now, for I'll now, be updating yeah. to one terabyte when it's when it hits that same price point. That's for damn sure. Uh, but yeah, it's branded. <laughs> it's Nintendo Switch branded. It's got the Mario Star. So um, yeah, it's colorful. It's very bright yellow. Uh, good price. I only have a 128 gigabyte uh, SD card, and I'm like 80% full. So I'll consider this. I'll definitely consider this deal. Yeah, and the last shout out is that Walmart has some good gaming deals going on right now. So you can get Control for the PS4 for $25 or $20 on the Xbox One. And that's it for Broke Gamers Guide. All right, that's that's definitely good. I just, uh, as far as the, the shout outs go, I'm, I'm possibly, I was never considering Captain Toad Treasure Tracker because I, I played it on the Wii U. But for 30 bucks, uh, you know, you know, I, you know me, I'm all about my shelf pieces. <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough. All right. It's time to end. So it is time to end. So thank you very much uh, for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readypressplay at gmail.com or just simply at readypressplay on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at chakalaka88. Dan? At the Dan Lima. So don't forget to subscribe. Please give us a review. Tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. All right. Peace out. See ya.